Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. In a world that's perfect lies a perfect little town where one team stands alone. But now, something's stirring that will change this place forever. Perfect. Welcome to Perfectville, your first place podcast for your last place Miami Dolphins. That's right, last place after week one. I am Sam Marcoux, and he is the two-time, yes, two-time Hall of Famer. And of course, I'm talking about none other than my partner in crime, always doing time at Mr. Orange Jacket wearing Dr. Dr. Christopher Cullen. Chris, how in the hell are you, my friend? Oh, I'm good considering uh, the game results on Sunday. Um, yeah, doctor, and you said I'm doing time and then immediately mentioned an orange jacket. You yeah, well, uh, you're not in prison, but you are a Miami Dolphins fan, and it feels like we've been trapped behind bars for the last 20 years. I thought this was our time to break out of prison here, Chris. I thought we were going to beat the New England Patriots. You predicted it. I predicted it. We were both dead flat wrong. We're going to talk all about that game. We're going to talk about week two. We've got all kinds of things that we're going to talk about here on the show. But before we do any of that, Chris, uh, I would be remiss if I didn't address the elephant in the room, and that is, uh, A, if you're watching us, yes, watching us right now, uh, that is in thanks to our third guy here in the booth, if you want to call it that, Mr. Brian Burns. Now, Brian, are you there? I am. How, how are you guys doing? Uh, I took a little offense to the elephant in the room. I'm a little big, but I don't think I'm that big. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm Brian Byrne. I'm from the Fanatics Network. Uh, founded the network a little a few months ago, and uh, from there we've taken off, and we're really excited to – uh, add Perfectville podcast to our network and join up with them. We are also joining up with Dougley Durong and his YouTube channel. And uh, we're going to make a super fanatics network for the dolphin fans. And, you know, we have a lot of great collaborations on the way. And, uh, you know, like the first thing that you guys are seeing here is we're going to add a video element to the Perfectville podcast and uh, I'm really excited, and I hope you guys are too. Uh, yeah, I think we're all excited here. And, and the elephant in the room was not a fat joke. Elephants aren't funny animals, contrary to popular belief there, Brian. If I was going to make a fat joke, it would be a hippo or a rhino or something along those lines. Not an elephant. Elephants are not funny. They're not a funny animal whatsoever. And uh, you are 100% correct. Uh, Welcome to Perfectville is now proudly part of the Fanatics Network, and we're doing all kinds of fun stuff. If you guys have been following us on social media, you've seen that, A, uh, we now have video, so you can see our pretty smiling faces. Uh, B, uh, we're doing comic strips now. This is something I've wanted to do for a long time, and I finally have the platform to do it. So check out the strip sack. You can see it on Twitter. You can see it on the website that we're building behind the scenes just here in just a little bit, uh, and all kinds of other fun collaborations that are going to happen on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, uh, you name it. So uh, I'm excited. Chris is excited. Chris, are you excited? I just told everyone you're excited. So you have to confirm what I just said. Yeah, I have to be now. I'm not going to get in a belittling who's bigger than who match in our first show on video. That's just not good for anybody. Uh, the rhinoceros in the room, Mr. Christopher Cullen, uh, talking a little wow. bit more. <laughs> well, there you go. See, Brian, that's how you do it. That's what we call a callback. Call yeah. We did discover the other day that uh, Chris looks a little bit like Randy Quaid. So I was I curious, are you as excited now for the Fanatics Network and joining us with us as you were when you blew up the alien spaceship. 
Um, no, and I, I'm actually not as excited as I was before someone called me Randy Quaid. So you already, <laughs> already, already kind of bad news. Yeah, I'm brewing. I've been texting Sam right now that I just don't want to do it. Abort mission. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to find another person named Chris Cullen, which is going to be really, really hard to do. Because I think, I mean, there's like 75 Cullen brothers, but I don't think any other one is named Chris. So uh, we might just have to go with uh, old man Lloyd there, Chris, if you do quit the show. But don't quit the show. You don't look like Randy Quaid that much. You look like, you look like Jack Black. In fact, let's put it to a vote. Anybody who listens to us, email us, tweet us. Leave us a comment on YouTube. Take a look at Chris Cullen right now. Does he look more like Jack Black or Randy Quaid? Inquiring minds want to know. Citizens of Perfectville, this is your opportunity to have your voice heard. Yeah, I can't wait. The first time we're on video, we're within 10 seconds, and there's already a poll and what uh, fat actor I look like. So this is fantastic. <laughs> this is going to go swell. It's going to go very, very swell here, Chris. I'm excited. You're excited. Like I said, what's not exciting is losing to the New England Patriots once again. 21-11, week one, Miami Dolphins in the cellar with the New York Jets, of course. There, there they are. There we are. Uh, what are your thoughts overall, Chris, on the New England Patriots, Miami Dolphins, week one debacle? Well, if you listen back to our show from last week, um, I said for us to even have an opportunity here, we'd have to stop Cam Newton in the run game, and that's – the complete opposite of what we did um, it, tenfold. Like it was really bad. Um, put guys in the box. We're blitzing guys. We've got eight, nine guys on the line. Didn't matter. Cam Newton. Uh, and, and that's what I was worried about. That's what I was afraid about living here in Carolina and seeing him play for years. Um, he gets a chip on his shoulder. And if he does, man, he is really hard to stop. And of course, first game uh, for this new team, the only team to give him a chance that we know of, he came out and completely wiped the floor with us. But, hey, we got the number one pass defense because they didn't throw the ball. Well, they couldn't throw the ball. They don't have anybody other than Julian Edelman. That's what the most frustrating thing was. The New England Patriots are not a great team anymore. I think we can all agree they are not the you know cream of the crop rising to the top New England Patriots that they've been for a very long time. You could see it on tape in week one. We knew exactly what they were going to do. They were going to run the ball with Cam Newton, and if they did have to throw the ball, they were going to find Julian Edelman somewhere who was apparently college-wide open, Chris. I mean, there was no yeah. defender when they did throw the ball around him for at least seven, eight nine yards very frustrating to see that play out it's just like death by a thousand paper cuts we've sang we've sung this song before we've watched this movie before it's just it was like okay here we go again and the miami dolphins have never ever ever going going back to like randall cunningham uh, mike vick all of these you know uh, running mobile quarterbacks we have never been able to to really stop them and to me the play of the game of the of the game for me was fourth and one and we know they're going with cam newton they're down by their own goal line and not only does he get the first down with ease he almost scores a touchdown it's like everyone in the room which wasn't anybody because there was nobody in the fans, but everyone knew nobody in the stands everyone knew that they were going to run the ball with cam newton we knew it Patriots yes. could have told us we're running the ball with Cam Newton and we couldn't stop him. So snake bit from the start, I suppose. Tony Romo opened a letter in the box that was dated three days prior to the game and he <laughs> opened it and read it and it was him saying he's going to run the ball on fourth and one. So he predicted it new. I mean, like everybody, like said, everybody knew that was going to happen. And uh, I had a great coach. I'll shout him out. Great, uh, coach McCauley. He was, uh, went to the Citadel, our line coach. Uh, and defensive coordinator uh, in high school. And he, he was notorious for running the same play 10 times in a row. And he told us to go to the line of scrimmage, point at the linebacker and say, it's coming right here. Stop it. And if they can't stop it, 
we're going to keep running it because it's going to beat you mentally uh, even more so than it beats you physically. And that's just what it, what he did. And that's the thing that with Cam Newton that always um, I didn't mind it. People complain about his dancing and things like that. Look, he's dancing because he did something good. If you don't want him to dance, don't let him score. Don't let him get a first down. There you go. Problem solved. Yeah, that's all we really need to do is if we could have stopped them, we would have had a snowball's chance in hell of winning that game. But uh, we didn't. And guess what? We didn't. Uh, part of that problem is Ryan Fitzpatrick or Ryan Fitzbad pick or whatever you want to call the guy. <laughs> uh, I call him Fitzpatrick's life. Uh, you take the good, you take the bad. And we definitely had the bad. Three interceptions in the game, no touchdowns. Uh, he is our leader. He is the guy that is leading the offense and this team. He is the only guy over 30. You would think he'd make better decisions because he's got the life experience, Chris. But uh, I don't know. You can make the argument that not all those interceptions were his fault, but uh, you can't have three interceptions against New England Patriots and win in this league you just can't I mean they're not a great elite team anymore but they're still pretty damn good and when you give the ball to the other team more often than not it's going to lead to bad things yeah you can't do three interceptions against most teams in the NFL or in college for that uh I mean it's just he looked bad he looked uh, like he didn't have any preseason games to be honest uh and that's where cam newton had the advantage in a game like this where there are no preseason games and things like that he was able to just go out there and just physically beat us uh ryan fitzpatrick will try but he he can't do that um and that's where they had the advantage there because it wasn't really more of a chemistry thing on the passing routes and timing because he just went out there and fuck it ran right ran left and that's it so um, that, that, and, and it showed. Ryan Fitzpatrick just didn't look good. I, I was really, uh, really concerned with how just vanilla our offense looked. Um, yes, yes. Go and, ahead, and the lack of um, creativity when it came. Last time we played them, week seventeen last year. You know, we're throwing one-on-one bombs to Parker down the down the field. Uh, we're running jet sweeps and and all these different things. And here it was just like run left, run right. It felt like Chan Gailey dusted off his old green uh, playbook from 1997. And was like, yeah, let's do this. Yeah, generally speaking, this game seemed like a high school game to me for both teams. I mean, like you just said it, the New England Patriots ran the same play over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. If we're not going to stop it, we're not going to stop doing it. And then on our side, it looked like a vanilla offense. It looked like week one of preseason, unfortunately. The problem is this game actually counts. And part of that problem is that Devontae Parker did not play in the second half of this game, Chris, which was a concern for me. Uh, I have the question right now. I'm going to piss off some citizens of Perfectville and some Dolphins right now, but I'm going to make a statement and I'm going to ask you a question. Normally it would be the other way around. I believe that Devontae Parker is soft. <laughs> Do you think Devontae Parker is soft or am I alone in this? Uh, I, I don't know if you're alone. I'm sure you'll find somebody that agrees with you, but I don't. Um, I don't, I don't know that he's soft. I mean, he's pretty dominant last year when healthy. Uh, there's a difference between being injured and being soft. I think, um, you know, your first time playing a real game situation, a hamstring is a fickle, fickle thing. And it's hard to come back from. I, I know, I know. And this is weird. I get to see your face now so I can see you disagreeing with me instead of like waiting for a cue. So this is going to be fun. But, uh, um, it's like, fuck you. Don't make that face at me. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know if he's soft. I just think he's been unlucky. He's a lot of injuries been unlucky. I, I He's in shape. It's not like he's out of shape and just he's not conditioned and his hamstring tweaked. Uh, He was in full pads today and hopefully going for week two. But, yeah, I I don't know if he's soft. I don't know, man. It's soft as a mentality, and I think he had a little bit of the boo-boo face. I mean, he was doing okay when he was out there, the snaps that he was there. So maybe he did just pull up a little bit lame and said, I can't go back out there, or the team said, we're not going to risk it. Uh, 
But I don't know. I, I think if this game was a little bit closer, I mean, the score was actually a little bit closer than the play yeah. actually was. So in 21-11, we're, we're lucky that it wasn't 35-11 to 11 because they didn't score on any of the interceptions that we actually gave them. Uh, it seemed to me that Devontae Parker gave up. He just said, ah, I don't feel great. I'm going to go sit on the sidelines. Forget it. I have a bad hamstring. That's what it felt like to me. I may be in the minority there. I hope he shows up uh, week two. But the problem is, if he isn't soft and he's actually legit injured with another soft tissue injury, he's not going to get better in four days. He's not going to all of a sudden play against the Buffalo Bills and be like, oh, I'm all 100% cured, which is still going to lead to my mentality that things weren't going his way. I think Devontae Parker just picked up his ball and walked to the sidelines. Yeah, I think you're, I mean, I guess reaching is not the word, but after seven, you know, a good, great, great season, his best season, you gave him a half and all of a sudden we're kind of, I don't know, saying writing him off, but we're, we're calling him soft and soft-minded. I, I, I'm definitely willing to give him a, a chance more than just a half of football. And I, I don't know, I just don't know. I don't, I've, we haven't seen that from him at all. And he's been, we've had enough timetable with him on the Dolphins that, he hasn't really ever been one of those guys that just kind of takes his ball and goes home if it's not going his way. We, we look pretty bad altogether offensively. Maybe he doesn't like Chan Gailey and, and he doesn't like the way he's using him. That's something to look into possibly, but I'm willing to give him more than a half, Sam. I am not. I am judging right now. Bring back Kalen Balaj. We no longer need Devontae <laughs> Parker. We need Kalen Balaj, which, by the way, if he were still on the team, which he's not, he's on the Jets. We'll talk about that some other time. But if he were on the team, he probably would have gotten some carries because it looked like we had about 15 different running backs right there that uh, absolutely were getting, I don't know, 15, 27, 8, 30 million different carries, except for Matt Breda, who again, we identified on this very podcast, Chris, was going to be one of the veteran quote-unquote leaders of this team, somebody who knows how to win. He wasn't used very often. I know they're doing a running back by committee, but what are your thoughts on that? I thought we should have been using Matt early and often, and we didn't do that. No, I I, I hated it. And, and it's one of those things where maybe Gaskins earned it in, in practice and in training camp and whatnot, but I feel like we just weren't getting enough from him. Like, yeah, he did okay. He broke some tackles. He caught a couple passes, but Dude, what running back can't do that that's over a high school level? Like, he wasn't doing anything special. Matt Breida is special. Like, Jordan Howard, when healthy uh, on his previous teams, was special. And, you know, he's standing there next to Tua. uh, Jordan Howard is, by the way, which looked badass with the visor, I should say. And number 34, I feel like that was a nice little callback to Ricky. If not – completely uh coincidental but um it was weird you're going out with Gaskins maybe we didn't I really I don't know what to say like honestly because we played uh, I'm thinking the Miami Hurricanes they played UAB and of course they're going to be a shit show we're going to walk all over them so we didn't open up the playbook is what a lot of people are saying that's why they struggled a little bit offensively they still won that's Patriots week one that's when you open the playbook and Chan Gailey looked very vanilla and I feel like he was really leaning on a guy that was a seventh round pick when we have two uh, studs on the sideline yeah, and I think I read that uh, uh, Jordan Howard was a little bit dinged up as well, so maybe he's soft. Well, ba- no, see, no, because Barry Jackson reported that during the game, but then he came out afterwards, and the Dolphins brass came out and said that that was uh, they they missaid that he was not injured, so he's literally was mm-hmm. just like healthily sitting on the sidelines watching with us. What a strange again. It just seemed like a preseason game. The problem is when you look at the standings. No, it's not. It's an actual. <laughs> regular season game. I do have one more question about offense because I do want to talk about the defense. I want to talk about special teams. Uh, We got a lot to talk about here on this show. Welcome to Perfectville. Um, If Tua plays in this game, if Tua starts instead of Ryan Fitzpatrick and Tua's a rookie, it's his first game ever. Are the Miami Dolphins winning this game? Are they closer to winning this game? Or is this game uh, out of hand early? What are your thoughts if Tua had come in and played in this game instead of Ryan Fitzpatrick? Before the game, I probably would have erred on the side of – rookie jitters and not been as good 
he would have had had to been awful to be worse than Ryan Fitzpatrick was. Um, and you know what? After watching the game and seeing how good the offensive line played, uh, I think Tua goes out there and and plays better. I mean, just based on the experience that he had at Alabama and the big game situations, he he stepped into a national championship and made great throws and won him a game as a true freshman. Him playing with no crowd against the Patriots week one on a sunny day is not topping that. I mean, I think, I think he would have went out there and took more chances and given guys like Preston Williams and Gesicki, it got them involved. And I, I honestly think he would have looked better. Yeah, I don't think it would have been much worse. I don't think it would have tangibly been worse. Maybe maybe he throws an interception that Ryan Fitzpatrick does not. But, I mean, here's the thing with Ryan Fitzpatrick. When you get bad Ryan Fitzpatrick, you get bad Ryan Fitzpatrick. The interception, the second one, happened right before the half. Now, the New England Patriots went down and missed a field goal, so no harm, no foul. The problem is the Miami Dolphins were driving. They were looking to get a score and maybe tie or take the lead going into the halftime. Uh, instead, those points come off the board, in theory, and, and, and it's a total momentum killer because who gets the ball in the second half? The New England Patriots do. So you had a chance to steal some points on the road. You don't take advantage of it. In fact, you blow it. The other thing that happened at the end of the game, even if he scores the touchdown, we probably lose, Chris, because we're still down two scores with you know 30 seconds left or whatever it was but again you take those points off the board so the Patriots don't score but neither does the Miami Dolphins so in this case as our guest said last week I think we're closer to the Patriots than we have been in a very long time but we're not there yet and I think part of that is the play calling it was very vanilla on offense the offensive line did look really good and that is encouraging long term because if we can have an offensive line if they get better and better and better we have long-term success whether it's Tua, Ryan Fitzpatrick or anybody else including Josh Rosen if he were to come back magically and play quarterback for us behind that line uh, but we had some good stuff on defense Christian Wilkins I thought looked really good Chris uh, he had a sack he had a tackle for loss. He had a pass deflected. Jerome Baker now leads the planet in tackles after one week. <laughs> That's an encouraging sign. He had a, an amazing sack. He had a strip sa- or strip fumble uh, that actually was taking points off the board the other way for the New England Patriots. He did have some stupid penalties late, but you know what? I was ready to punch somebody in the throat by the end of this game myself, uh, so I don't blame him for that. So, I, And also the defensive backfield, they weren't really challenged and maybe that was by design because they knew they could run the ball, but also we have some pretty good defensive backs back there, Chris. So the defensive backfield looked good. Jerome Baker looked good. Christian Wilkins looked good. I wasn't terribly upset with the defense other than their lack of ability to stop Cam Newton. Yeah, again, a little bit questioned some uh, personnel moves when it came to the defense, like Needham not playing and uh, uh, didn't see a lot of Eric Rowe, but I was pretty excited about Brandon Jones, rookie from Texas. Uh, he came out there and had 10 tackles, was flying around looking good. The, the game did not look too big for him. He came out after and admitted that um, – um, the game was fast. The run game was crazy. The linemen were a lot faster than in college. Um, but, man, he looked good. So that was very encouraging. We already expect to get good things out of Christian Wilkinson. Uh, uh, the Wilkins, that guy is amazing. Uh, love him since Clemson. So excited for him. And, yeah, and excited for Baker. I think if we play a team and we make them more balanced and we force them to throw, we have the defense that can undercut routes, that can get pressure on the quarterback. We just met a really bad team uh, matchup-wise at a very bad time in week one of the season. I think this game against New England later in the year is going to look completely different. I would agree with that. And uh, they even came out and said that, look, New England gave us some looks on defense that we had not seen previously and uh, we weren't prepared for it. But now it's on tape and hopefully we're prepared for the next one. Uh, Bill Belichick is still a very good game day planner. 
manner. And uh, that came out in this one too. He didn't overthink it. He didn't try to get cute with it. He just said, I'm going to run it down their throats with Cam Newton. And until you can stop them, I don't need to do anything else. Yep. Uh, you know who couldn't be stopped there, Chris, was Jason Sanders, who uh, kicked a 45-yard field goal, which doesn't seem significant. But Jason Sanders sometimes struggles from late. Uh, I was excited to see Jason Sanders kick a field goal, uh, mainly because I have him on one of my fantasy teams. Um, Matt Hack. Uh, Matt Hawk, Matt Hawk, whatever our punter's name is, <laughs> takes about three days to punt the ball. I have not noticed this before, Chris, but my word, every time he punted the ball, it was like I could do my taxes and watch the entire Harry Potter series before the ball was ever kicked off of his foot. What in the hell is going on with Matt? Why does he have that much time? Why can't our regular offensive line give our quarterback that much time to just fiddle fart around back there before he kicked the ball away? Yeah, we, we need to make a change. Make Fitzpatrick run out there. Hold on, line, wait punt team line get out there and just let him just stand there forever to read his progressions because yeah he takes forever and uh th that's going to get noticed by a good special teams coach and someone's going to try to get get through there and block that punt but i'm, I'm i haven't really been too impressed with him anyway but uh hopefully we're punting a lot less this season oh well i'm gonna say over under three punts are blocked this year for the miami <laughs> dolphins unless something else and that's just for the year i think uh, i think i might take the over on my own let's go three and a half on the season we'll revisit this at the end of the season but three and a half punts blocked by the miami dolphins with matt hack back there this year in 2020 yeah, and I love how he's hack, especially when you're explaining getting punts blocked. Like we said before, his name, he earns his name. Yeah, he has two, two ways to go about it, so you tell us, buddy. It's his parents' fault. When he does well and he drops it in the, you know, within the five-yard line, he's Matt Hawk. But when, uh, when he takes 17 seconds to kick the ball away and he gets blocked, then he's Matt Hack. It just really yeah. depends on him. You're right. He makes his own destiny here. Uh, somebody else who seems to make his own destiny on special teams and not in a good way is that fucking midget, Jakeem Grant. I don't <laughs> like him. I don't like Jakeem Grant. And I want to like him. Everyone else tells me, you're wrong, bro. It's like that one guy that's in your group of friends. You're like, I don't really like that son of a bitch. And everyone's like, no, man, he's cool. Like, it's, what's wrong with you? How come you don't like him? He's changed. Yeah. No, he hasn't. He He's still the same little tiny guy who makes little tiny mental midget mistakes. He catches the ball on like the 10 yard line on a punt, Chris, and then decides to make a juke, which you're like, Ooh, good move. And instead of running straight and getting eight, nine, 10 yards and getting us out from the shadow of our own end zone, he decides to run the other way. For some reason, let's go get in front of some other people who could possibly tack me, tackle me and lose like 18 fucking yards. What the hell is wrong with him? Why can't this guy just use his shiftiness to make one move and go like, what is he doing? Why is he pretending to just be on, dancing with the stars back there and do the Texas two-step all the time. It's infuriating. Well, that happened with Ted Ginn when he got the NFL in the beginning. He thought his he was playing Penn State every week or Northwestern every week, and uh, he kept trying to go uh, sideline to sideline and outrun these guys, and it's not going to happen to the NFL. And the good thing with Ted Ginn was he learned that pretty quickly, and he started going more north to south, and he had more success in the kick return game. Jakeem Grant just has something in his brain where he's like, I can juke everyone. And it might be in Napoleon complex. I don't know what it is, but he, he needs to stop because it's getting annoying. Well, uh, not that he was ever going to come on this show, but he's for sure not coming on this show now. And neither is sorry. Devontae Parker. So sorry, wide receivers for the Miami Dolphins. Be better, and I'll be better about talking about you. Hey, Parker, okay. well, we, when Sam's on vacation, I'll have you on. <laughs> yeah, Brian, uh, if Devontae Parker ever wants to come on to the Welcome to Perfectville podcast as part of the Fanatics Network, we may need you to host for me because I don't think Devontae <laughs> Parker wants to hang out with me. I'm all for it. <laughs> Go to all the right, well, uh, There are so a lot of things that I rather had happened come week one that did not happen here, Chris, which leads me to believe that uh, there's some other things that have happened or should happen for the Miami Dolphins that we 
would rather have happen over the other thing. That didn't make any sense. Let's just start, start over. We're going to play a game, Citizens of Perfectville, and that game is Would You Rather. I think you guys know what that game is based on the title, but here we go, Chris. Let's just jump right into it. Let's go with the big fish right away since we're talking about the Miami Dolphins. Would you rather have Richmond Webb go into the Hall of Fame or Zach Thomas go into the Hall of Zach Fame? Zach Thomas. Wow, you didn't even think twice about that. You think Zach Thomas deserves to go into the Hall of Fame over Richmond Webb? Yes. Richmond Webb was on this show. I just want to. Point I love out Richmond that. Webb. He liked my bar that my dad got me for for you believe me. I love Richmond Webb. This isn't a, a slight to Richmond Webb at all. But Zach Thomas didn't have Warren Sapp in front of him, and you know John Lynch and Ed Reed behind him at safety, making him look better. Richmond Webb had to block for one to two seconds, and Dan Marino was throwing it through someone's face. So now he was not mobile, of course, but Richmond did protect that line, that blind side. And I love him for for it. I want them both in there, but come on, it's a loaded question. You're asking me, this guy named his son after Zach Thomas, who the hell do you think I'm going to pick? My son's name is in Richmond or Richie. Okay, well, I knew where you were going to go with that, but I just want to make the point that Richmond Webb was on the all-decade team for the 90s and somehow isn't in the Hall of Fame. So that means he's one of the top five linemen, but based on the NFL standards standards for a decade, but yet isn't in the Hall of Fame. I don't know. I think Richmond Webb probably deserves to go in just as much as Zach Thomas, if not more. But if I have to pick one or the other, I'm, uh, you know, I'm going to go with Richmond Webb because I think he listens to the show. Richmond, I got you. Sam, remember so, that. Sam. So we're, we're going to shit talk current Devontae Parker, and you're going to just, you know, brown nose a little bit to the old Richmond Webb. Now, like, let's be honest. He does, if he does listen, that'd be great. Now, at least we know he possibly does. There's a really good chance Devontae, and he's, he just listen. I'm going to fire up Perfectville. I need some motivation for this week because here goes Sam calling me soft again. <laughs> Well, the last time I called Devontae Soft was right before last season, and he went off for about 1,400 yards and 12 touchdowns. So you know what? You're soft as shit, Devontae Parker. Proved me wrong again. Uh, but no, I'm going Richmond week. Webb. I'm going Richmond <laughs> Webb. If he gets, if he gets 15, 15 uh, catches for you know 157 yards next week, uh, I'm going to demand an apology from everybody who's yelling at me as they listen and watch this show right now. All right, Chris. It's, so uncanny. You get- it's uncanny how close to they are in Pro Bowls and all pros and – and just all decade teams and rookie of the year and the, their stats are just almost neck and neck. I, I do. I, I agree with Chris. Zach was a little bit more transcendent, but he would be get my vote. But Richmond Webb talks to me daily on Twitter. He's <laughs> we're, uh, we're planning a show currently with him and uh, his draft mate, Key Sims. So a little bit of love too for Richmond Webb. They both deserve to be in there. Uh, you don't see guys with those all pros and those pro balls not in the Hall of Fame. So it's ridiculous on both ends. But Zach Thomas is is in the Hall of Fame. Look, I'm not a not I'm not a, a Zach Thomas hater. I love Zach Thomas. He's one of the guys after Dan Marino that continued to keep me a Miami Dolphins fan. Right. He's we're only as good as the players that we have. And he was the best player, in my opinion, after Dan Marino retired. Uh, speaking of which, Chris, I have a question for you regarding Dan Marino. Uh, would you rather Dan Marino had won a ring with a different team other than the Miami Dolphins or Tom Brady win a ring with the Miami Dolphins? Oh, man, these are fucking softballs, man. Tom Brady winning a ring with Miami. Oof. Yeah, that means, A, we won a ring, so awesome. Fair. Uh, Tom's already won rings, so it's not like that's anything new. Um, And it's for us. So, yeah, 31 other teams can suck it. Tom Brady winning in Aqua and Orange, I'm all for. Dan Marino winning a ring in Tampa or with Minnesota, that's when I would put lighter fluid in my eyeballs and go right to a freaking flamethrower. That would be unbelievable. 
you know, you do have the added benefit of Tom Brady winning it as a Miami Dolphin, which <laughs> would like burn the soul of New England Patriots fans. Oh. So I guess that is a little bit of a softball. Wicked because, terrible. Exactly. Not only would we have the benefit of cheering and going, yay, we won finally, thank God, but we'd also get to look down and see them just pissing and crapping all over themselves because Tom Brady, their God and Savior, is now the devil in Aqua and Teal. So yes, uh, Aqua and Coral, I suppose. Aqua and Teal are very close. Tom Brady in the post game thing, you know, Ted uh, uh, Nance, Jim Nance is like, Tom, what do you think about this Super Bowl? He's like, this is my favorite Super Bowl I've ever won. <laughs> Boston fans are just like, ah. Can you imagine the amount of brown nosing I would do for Tom Brady if he won a Super Bowl? For the I've Miami loved Uggs since the 90s. I love you, Tom. They don't look like balls on your chin. They don't. It's just an amazing chin, Tom Brady. You make more uh, money than your wife. It's awesome. <laughs> I want to see. I want to. I want to see the Dolphins win a Super Bowl more than I want to see anything in the world. But I kind of almost gotta go with Dan Marino winning a Super Bowl just because it puts him. He doesn't get talked about in the top three quarterbacks of all time as he should be. He gets that ring. He's right up there with Joe Montana and Dan Marino. I want to see a Dolphin Super Bowl. It's tough. I'm not saying for sure that's what I'd want, but. He deserves that ring. He deserves to be in the top two or three. I mean, he was doing those stats when, you know, you could just tee off on quarterbacks and you could pass interference and, you know, like it's hard for me, but. I understand where you're coming from, but I, I, I'm fully on board with Tom Brady winning it with the Miami Dolphins because if Dan Marino wins, let's just say, remember the rumors were that he was going to go to the Minnesota Vikings, right? Yeah. That was the rumor once he left the Miami Dolphins. He ultimately didn't. He retired a champion and a Viking. He went out on a sword. But if he had won it with the Minnesota Vikings, every highlight we'd be seeing here in 2020 would not be of Dan Marino throwing it to Mark Clayton or Mark Duper. It would be Dan Marino throwing the ball to Chris fucking Carter. And, oh, look at him. He finally had to leave Miami to go win a championship. I would hate that. I would absolutely loathe that that actually would probably hurt more than Tom Brady winning six rings or whatever he's won with the New England Patriots in the past so I, I think I'm with Chris on this one Brian I think Dan Marino winning a Super Bowl would be great and heartwarming but Tom Brady winning it as a Miami Dolphin mainly to kick the New England Patriots square in their Bostonian dick would be amazing <laughs> uh, speaking of Dan Marino here Chris he just had They're a Boston Cruelers yeah, Dan Marino's 59 years old. Can you believe Yikes. that? It's almost his birthday. Happy belated birthday to Dan Marino. I would love to interview him one day here on uh, Welcome to Perfect World as part of the Fanatics Network. But if we could, would you rather interview Dan Marino or Ricky Williams on this podcast here, Chris? Ooh, whoa. Um, I'm looking at two pictures of Dan Marino as I, I answer this question, and, it, and it's going to be a surprise. But for absolute, for my own, for my own, um, just – curiosity and for entertainment value i would go with ricky williams mm. he um has so many unbelievable stories and his story i think would make a better movie than dan marino's so um i i don't know i think that would be incredible like uh, I, I would love to just ask him what he thinks he would do in the nfl if you know, marijuana testing wasn't done anymore. Like what, what was his ceiling without that? Um, because the, the, the questions you can ask this guy, I would ask him if he's seen uh, Jim Florentine's Emmy winning, um, you know, thing about, with, with him, with the uh, Rasta wig and Dan Marino and stuff. Cause that would just be all the questions you can ask Dan. Yeah. You know, ask him about Ace Ventura, ask about Jim Carrey. I just feel like we'll get some more shorter quarterback on the radio Monday morning answers from Dan and have a better conversation with Ricky. I totally agree. Especially if he is high. 
Chris, ahead, I have to break your heart and uh, give you an opportunity here. So the Fanatics Network is interviewing Ricky Williams Monday at 6 p.m. So uh, write down a few questions, and we will make sure you get we get those asked. Even if you want to, you tape a video. We can we can show it up on there, and, and you get them. You get to ask that question that you want to ask. That's incredible. Hey, Chris, the question you should ask him is if he could come on our show once he's done with Brian. So that should be the question. <laughs> that <you could. laughs> If I could just throw one personal suggestion out there, uh, that would be good. Uh, I'm going to go with what Chris said there. Brian, by the way, awesome. Uh, uh, looking forward to that with uh, Ricky Williams coming here into the Fanatics Network. I, I think Ricky Williams is a better interview, uh, although Dan Marino, I believe, is probably sneaky good behind the camera. Like, camera's off. I think he's super funny. I think he's a guy oh, yeah. you want to hang out with and just have a beer with. Uh, but I think Dan Marino, he, he knows the game too well, Chris. You know, he's polished. He's not going to give you anything that's going to cause him any trouble whatsoever. I don't think Ricky Williams gives a fuck. I think Ricky Williams tell you what you want to hear he'll talk about whatever it is you want to talk about whatever he wants to talk about more importantly so I agree with you from an interview standpoint I think Ricky Williams is a better interview than Dan Marino just just from an interesting topic but uh, the fanboy in me loves Dan Marino so uh, I'd be torn on that one as well Uh, let's move on this one's gonna hurt this one's gonna hurt Chris this is uh, this is gonna feel like running backwards through a uh, a cactus field but um, if you had to erase one of these players from history they just did not exist at all uh, would it be Jason Taylor that goes bye-bye or Cam Wake? Oh, man. Ouch. You weren't kidding. S- fuck, that sucks. <laughs> so, uh, oh, well, so on one side, you're erasing Jason Taylor from ever existing on the Jets. So that's mm-hmm. that's okay. Um, I can live with that, And which that didn't happen. I just made that up. Um, Cam Wake. Uh, played for the Titans, but really didn't do much. Uh, he's just one of those guys, CFL story. Shit. Um, mm, some of my favorite memories of watching Miami Dolphins football is late 90s, early 2000s, when we were a consistent 10-win team, had that insane defense, and no one made me – I can name a few Cam Wake plays for sure, but no one made me go crazy like Jason Taylor with the celebration, with the – the punch and you know throwing the ball against the Jets logo and ripping down the sign of the opposing fans in our stadium, the dancing with the stars second place, um, the, the Hall of Famer Jason Taylor. Um, I got to go with Taylor keeping him erasing old buddy Cam. Go back to Canada. I think I'm with you on this one as well. It's not making for good radio or podcast right now because we're, <laughs> we're basically boring. agreeing on everything. But Jason Taylor is a Hall of Famer. I think Jason Taylor, if he comes around five years later than when he started uh, and the internet is just more of a thing than when his career actually started, he's a much bigger star than he even is to this day. I think the same goes for Zach Thomas, quite frankly, going back yes. to Zach Thomas. If he starts five years later, he was so far ahead of his time and he didn't have the groundswell of social media support that really props up some of the players that you see today. I think if both of those guys start five years later. They're well ahead of uh, um, where they are in terms of the Q, uh, their Q rating here when it comes to uh, sports celebrities and everything like that. But I agree with you. You keep Wait. Jason Taylor, you have to get rid of Cam White. Quick question there. If we eliminate Jason Taylor, how much longer has it been since we've won a playoff game? It's been 20 years. You eliminate Jason Taylor, not Cameron Wake. Are we going 25 years, 23 years? 20, how many more years? Yeah, it's it's quite possible there, Brian. I agree with you there, and that's why I think we're keeping Jason Taylor on top of that. Um, but it makes for a better story because we're perfect, though, man. Our mascot is a bag that goes over your head because of how bad the, the Miami Dolphins have been to us as fans over the years. So uh, maybe we want Jason Taylor to go bye-bye so that we can uh, just be a little bit more relevant, if you will. Um, 
good takes all the way around. I got one more there, Chris. One more. This is a three-parter. And then we're going to actually take a break because we got to go pay some bills because people pay us money so that we can talk about their products. That's what a commercial is. Uh, this is the last one. This might be the toughest one here. And it actually, it, it involves the Dolphins, but no specific Dolphins players. If you had to, and you had to choose, which team in the AFC East would you lose the remainder of all of our games against for the rest of time? Would it be the Jets, the Bills, or the Patriots? Oh, Jesus. This this game sucks. <laughs> it does. This well, we're not going to play it anymore after this. Yeah, I'm done. I quit. I am really quitting. This is I'm done. Rhino out. Um, <laughs> callback. Um, I, I, God, I have to go to the Patriots just because we've already kind of getting getting our shit kicked in by them anyway. Uh, there's no way the Jets and the Bills. I feel like there's two divisions in the AFC East there's the Patriots and then there's us three and we're all just like yeah we all suck oh but at least we're not the Patriots and then we all even when you meet other like Bills and Jet fans you're like hey well, at least you're not the Patriots right we all kind of suck huh? so if one of those two start beating us for the rest of history holy shit they'd be unbelievably uncontrollable shit foaming at the mouth shit talking and I can't handle it. I wouldn't be able to do it. Patriots fans already that half of them don't even exist anymore after Tom left Tampa Bay. Uh, so I would have to go with new England just based on the pure fact they've been so good anyway. What the hell is the difference? Yeah, I, I agree with that logic. I think uh, I also want to say that uh, it, Boston fans think they're not fa- Fairweather fans. I didn't see one Patriots fan in the stands of the game last week there, yeah. Chris. So <laughs> Tom Brady leaves, and all of a sudden, so do the fans. So Ridiculous. What do you say about that, Boston? Uh, yeah, let's go with the Patriots. Why not? They kick our dicks in every single year every year. anyway. So <laughs> we might as well just agree on that, too. So what did we learn here, Chris? Uh, you and I are terrible at radio because we agreed on everything. Um, this game was actually a lot easier than uh, than I thought in terms of putting it together. And uh, I don't want to play it ever, ever again. How about you? Yeah, I'm, I'm good with that. Uh, except the Richmond web thing and the Zach Thomas thing, that was kind of, we had a good little banter there. And then even with Devante today, we've been kind of on the, two sides of the coin. Give us a little bit of credit. We know what we're doing here. We're over 160 episodes into this. The only difference is we're looking at each other's stupid faces now. Yeah, that's right. We were having a little bit of fisticuffs there. And if we were to have fisticuffs with Devontae Parker, he'd probably sit on the sidelines because he's soft as shit. Anyways, speaking of, speaking of soft as shit, I have to go sit my soft ass down on a toilet, take a dump. You're going to have to go get a beer. We're going to go pay some bills. We'll come back after this. Brian Byrne is going to join us for the uh, game preview of week two against the stupid, lousy, no good, very bad Buffalo Bills. Before you relieve yourself and we pay bills, can I ask you one question? Absolutely. Was it in the fact that we were that their offense was so much like we didn't match up well with their offense, or did did the new defensive coordinator just forget that Cam Newton played for the Carolina Panthers and never threw in a game tape because it didn't look like that offense was that great. It just looks like they never saw Cam Newton play quarterback before in my life in their lives i yeah, thought the I'll, game plan was terrible um you know I, I called it on our podcast last week and i'm not paid to do this really as good as those coaches are and it's like cam Newton's gonna try to run the ball that's it you gotta stop him stop him number one i'm watching the nfl network today and they're like oh how are the seattle seahawks gonna match up in new england they're not gonna do the same thing as they did to to miami and they're like yeah darn right because jamal adams he will cover Cam Newton. And I'm like, that's their logic. Just one guy's going to spy on him. And I'm like, 
why aren't we spying on them? <laughs> like it's simple as that. Keep Jerome Baker on them or Brandon Jones. That's all you do is spy Cam Newton um, with the DBs we have. Let them go one-on-one on island. I don't care. But uh, yeah, I, I felt like the game plan was um, out of sync completely last week. You know, I, I just, it, to me, again, with different personnel, it felt like they were pulling plays from the same playbook. It seemed like we were both trying to execute the same thing, which was to establish the run, mitigate the amount of passing that we were doing. Uh, The problem is they had a better matchup than we did. They executed way better than we did. The most interesting play, Chris, not to harp on this because uh, I know we want to, we need to move forward, but at one point in the second quarter, there was a designed rollout with Ryan Fitzpatrick. (laughs) And I know he was our leading rusher last year, but he's not the guy that I think you really want to have a designed rollout play for. I'm sure he can do it and he did it. And it led to a tremendous um, incompletion, but uh, (laughs) it was really odd. I'm like, Ryan Tannehill's not here. It's Ryan Fitzpatrick. We don't have to do designed rollouts here. He needs to stand back there and throw the ball like 75 yards down the, down the, down the sidelines to Devontae Parker or Preston Williams. Um, so I thought that I just thought our game plan, both offensively and defensively, was piss poor. And I don't know if it was. I'm not going to pull an Adam Gase and say the play calling was good. We just didn't execute. But it it seemed like we didn't have a lot of missed tackles. We just didn't have the ability to tackle in in a, in a timely manner. So I'm not sure why that is. I mean, I looked at this and I'm very confused. I don't know how to fix it necessarily, other than play better. I don't, I don't know if that answers your question, Brian, but that's my official analysis is that I uh, learned how to, I learned how to video edit recently. So if Josh Hoyer needs help, I will put together some Cam Newton footage for the second, for the second uh, game and I'll, I'll send it over to him. So he's a little bit more prepared to deal with the running quarterback and, and not Tom Brady at back there. Well, if you can get that to him before Sunday, because we got another running quarterback coming our way, and we're going to talk a lot about Josh Allen, his ability to not throw the ball uh, to his receivers, but his ability to run the ball into the end zone and everything else, Buffalo Bills, Miami Dolphins, right after the jump. Right at this moment, there are men everywhere doing manly things. Beards unkempt, hair run amok, leaving them in a state of hair despair. And that's just what we can see. Never mind what's going on downstairs. But it doesn't have to be that way. Thanks to our friends at Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com and enter our promo code FINSUP to save an instant 20%, get free shipping, and help quell the hair despair in your life. These bearded bros are counting on you. Won't you help them? It's that time, Dolphins, citizens of Perfectville. Winning season returns at my bookie. What is winning season, you ask? Well, winning season means doubling your first deposit. Winning season means insane props, epic bonuses, and the craziest cross-sport wagers around. That's right, cross-sport wagers, citizens. At my bookie, winning season means watching live sports and betting live sports all season long. Rejoice! The NFL has returned. That means action-packed Sundays and huge cash prizes. That's right, cash prizes. Get in on the action. Use promo code PERFECTVILLE and double your first deposit. New players, get up to $1,000 in free play. That's right. Designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Bet with the best this NFL season for your chance to win big. Use promo code PERFECTVILLE and double your first deposit. Your winning season begins today, only at MyBookie.
And we're back. I hope you enjoyed that little break. If you didn't go potty yourself, if you didn't go get a refreshment, then shame on you because now you can't. Actually, you can because it's a podcast and you can do whatever you want. You just walk around with a little device in your hand, hold it up to your phone or hold it up to your ear, or keep it in your pocket with headphones on. We don't really care. You can listen to us all the time on demand. That's what you get when you listen to Welcome to Perfectville as part of the Fanatics Network. Uh, and Chris, we talked about week one. I don't want to talk about week one ever again until week one of next, next season. Uh, we talked a lot about uh, the Miami Dolphins past players, but we need to talk about the present players. We need to talk about the present week. Uh, and I'm going to get to that in just a second. I'm going to call an audible here, Chris, because uh, we do need to discuss the okayest fantasy league ever. That's right. The Perfectville fantasy pod or Perfectville podcast fantasy league, whatever the hell we're calling this thing, Chris, I don't know. I named it. I branded it. I came to remember what it is. Uh, I don't want to spend too much time on this because much like our beloved Miami dolphins, I went down in flames. I am now Owen one in my own damn fantasy football podcast league here, Chris, how did you do with the, the floor is lava team? Well, the floor is lava is one and oh baby and i'm not only just one to know i'm one to know by a lot so all that shit talk last year when i forgot the draft and auto picked for me i actually strategized and picked some guys this this year and uh week one's in the bag and i've only got uh i don't know nine more to go till i'm perfect baby well, the problem I think that I had with my strategy when it came to the draft, Chris, is that I listened to you and you just told me who to draft. And uh, I drafted those players and most of them didn't do much for me week one. So uh, maybe I need a new strategy, a new game plan, a new playbook, a new offensive quarter coordinator next year in the 2021 okay as fantasy league ever but uh, congratulations to you you got your one victory out of the way early that's good uh so the rest of the year is going to be painful for you i got my one loss out of the way early so uh nothing but uphill for me in the okay as fantasy league ever uh check it out uh well you can't really check it out unless you're part of the league so the 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 14 teams that are in there you guys can check it out talk the shit on the message guys (laughs) yeah but uh there's lots of fabulous prizes on the line chris as you know the championship belt is on the line the defending champion jeremy hagan has put that title up onto a ladder and we're all trying to climb to the top to grab that it's a big 14 team ladder match here in the okay as fantasy league ever yeah, I love it. It's fun. Uh, the The message boards and the uh, the chat rooms are great. There's polls getting put up all the time with voting, and everyone's just crap talking. So it's a lot of fun. It really is a lot of fun. You know what's going to be a lot of fun is week two, home opener, Miami Dolphins, Buffalo Bills, another AFC East rival, my personal hated team of all time, the Buffalo Bills. I hate Jim Kelly. I hate Bruce Smith. I hate Daryl Talley. I hate everybody about that team. Andre Reid, James Lofton, they can go fuck themselves. Marv Levy. Go away. Just go away. I know you went away, but go away officially out of my brain. That team in the 90s, Chris, killed the Miami Dolphins seemingly every single year. The The people that are growing up as Miami Dolphins now, that's how they feel about the Patriots. That's how I feel about the Buffalo Bills. I take personal enjoyment beating the Buffalo Bills every single time. The problem is, Chris, we don't really do that very often anymore or ever. Uh, not since the 70s have we done really well against the Buffalo Bills. And I feel like this game right now against the Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen and everything they got going on there uh, is lining up to possibly, potentially, put the Miami Dolphins in an 0-2 hole to start the season. Yeah, I got to concur because uh, everything we talked about last game um, was Cam Newton running all over us. Uh, here's the problem. J- Josh Allen can run too, mm. and he has better receivers. So this is going to be a challenge for us for sure. They have a good defense. Um, the only solace we might have is it's a home game and there's eight people going to be there cheering. So, Home field advantage, baby. Whoop, whoop. But, um, yeah, I, I, like, I, I got to concur, man. This this is looking pretty bleak. 
Yeah, we're going to talk about the strategy and what we think they need to do to actually win this game if they can win this game. But I want to bring Brian Byrne back onto the show here. Brian, uh, you're a big Dolph fan. You saw what happened to the Patriots here in week one. Uh, we're talking a little bit about that. But what, what, are you, what are your thoughts? What are your general thoughts for the Miami Dolphins against the Buffalo Bills in week two? All right, so we'll start with the positive. Uh, it's week two in Miami in September, so we're going we're gonna to hopefully have that 95 degrees, 100% humidity, tends to just destroy the soul of teams in the second half. Uh, outside of that, I don't, we don't have too many advantages. We'll get to the, uh, the injury report in a minute, which we do have a couple of advantages there. Uh, but, I mean, it, it doesn't look good. This is – you know, the, those Patriots were not the Patriots of last year. They were not a very talented team. I really honestly do not believe that was the most talented team on the field this past that, this past week. They had the most talented coach for sure. But this Buffalo's team is – it's the same team with better skill players. They have mm-hmm. better wide receivers. They have better running backs. Josh Allen may be a little bit worse than Cam Newton, but he's more durable and can run a little bit better. Their front seven is better. Uh, the biggest mistake I think we made against the Patriots is their strength was their, is their secondary. Their front seven was ravaged from opt-outs and free agency. Buffalo Bills' front seven is not ravaged from right. opt-outs and free agency, and it's going to be a tough, tough haul for this very young offensive line to keep those guys at bay, to keep them off Fitzpatrick. Uh, we couldn't run it against New England. Uh, it doesn't look like it's going to get too much better against Buffalo. Not too optimistic about it, but it is a must win. Have to believe in Fitz magic. You have to hope that he can, he can turn it around and uh, you know, Parker gets out there doing, doing what, uh, you know, the one thing about Parker last, last week, he only played about a quarter in like a couple minutes and he had four receptions against the best DB in, in, in football. So if he can get out there and fits magic and get some, some action with them, uh, we stop letting Jakeem Grant return punts, maybe bring Lynn Bowden or Malcolm Perry out there to return some punts, get some, get some action. And actually we have to run the ball. They have the, the Bills secondary is really good. It's almost as good as the Patriots. So I don't want to see Jakeem Grant going against that that secondary. I want to see Jordan Howard just trying to take the soul out of this team in 100-degree heat. I want to see Miles Gaskin on the bench, and I want to see, my, I want to see Matt Burita running 100 miles per hour down the field. Uh, if we don't do that, I don't think we have a chance, but – you know, stranger things have happened. And, and I agree with everything you just said there. And Chris, I want to throw this to you too. Uh, this is, a, to me, a tactical situation where the Miami Dolphins are almost going to be in triage because if they lose to the Buffalo Bills, not only are you 0-2, you're 0-2 in your own division, which means it's going to make it that much harder. It's almost like being 0-3 on some level at that point. And we really can't afford to be that far down if we want to see vast improvement. Now, I think we saw individual improvement of certain areas like the offensive line against the New England Patriots. So I want to continue to see that individual unit improvement. Uh, But I want underhanded dirty tactics here. I want us in all whites. I want the Buffalo Bills in their dark blues. 
I want that sun baking down on them. I want them sweating. I want them having soft tissue and hamstring problems because of the sun just killing them and drenching them uh, with nothing but sweat as they just pour out all their electrolytes all over the field so that they're dead in the third quarter. And I agree with Brian on this. If we can do that and we're running like crazy with somebody like Matt or if we're using Jakeem Grant to where he can actually be in space and wiggle and run around and go the right direction for once as a wide receiver, not as a punt returner, uh, then I think you're going to see a lot of what happened against the Chicago Bears a couple years ago, which is they're going to get tired, they're going to get sloppy, they're going to get lazy, and they're going to get hard to actually catch up and tackle our players. Uh, I think the key is here to punch them in the mouth somehow. We're going to have to not abandon the run game, and I think we have to use our most talented players, which would be, in my opinion, a big bruiser like Jordan Howard and Matt Breida as a speed you know, alternate. We have to utilize those running backs even in the passing game because I think Brian is correct. We're going to have to use Mike Gesicki. We're going to have to use uh, Matt Breida as a passing option. Uh, that's how I think we're going to beat the Buffalo Bills if we're going to beat the Buffalo Bills, uh, at least on offense, Chris. What do you think? What do the Miami Dolphins have to do on defense if they're going to stop Josh Allen and that talented Buffalo Bills offense? We have to contain him. We have to make him throw the football because Josh Allen is not an accurate passer. So if we can keep him in the box, keep him in the pocket, uh, spy him if we have to, and force him to throw it on the outside across the middle with our safeties with Xavier Howard and Byron Jones. Uh, that's what we have to do. And if we get our hands on him, we get our hands around him, we got to swipe at the ball. Joe Shad had a really good um, take today on Twitter that um, Josh Allen is a fumbler, man. He fumbles mm-hmm. the football a lot. So we need to get Shaq Lawson. We need to get uh, Van Noy, who has just been dominant against the Bills his last few games as a Patriot. Hopefully that rolls over here to the Dolphins. And uh, get the ball on the ground. Turnovers, man. We, we didn't have any, I don't think, last week uh, at all. Maybe one. Uh, so we, we, we have to get the ball turnovers switched on our favor uh, because that's going to keep Josh Allen off the field. That's going to give us opportunities and that's going to give us opportunities to let the heat in the home field advantage really take advantage of and use, utilize it against them. Because if Josh Allen is out there running around and it's crazy hot, uh, he's not going to last very long. No. And Great I think that about that too is Josh Allen had two fumbles last week. Jets have nobody on defense and they fumbled the ball twice. The bad stat is, as we you talked about, Matt Burita needs to get involved in the passing game. He had zero catches last week. I, and I also believe he had zero targets. Well, and that's, that's what needs to change. You need to find that guy and throw him the ball. I mean, if Devontae Parker is going to be a little bit lame and Preston Williams is still recovering from a knee injury, we don't have a lot of depth when it comes to the wide receiver uh, core, right? We already talked about that ad nauseum on this show and previous shows here of Perfectville. Uh, we do have Matt, Mike Kosicki. He looked good against the Patriots. You're going to have to find him. You're going to have to utilize him. And then I think you're going to have to fall back to Matt Breda as a, as a passing option. Jordan Howard, even on some level, Miles Gaskin, all those guys. You have to maybe that short running game and then running, running all the way around them and running past them is the way to tire them out so that you can come back and punch them in the mouth with somebody like Jordan Howard, maybe Chandler Cox, whoever it needs to be on the run game itself. Um, It's interesting though, because you look at this game and Josh Allen is the guy that's going to beat you. And we know that they're going to, if I'm the Buffalo Bills, I'm going to do exactly what the New England Patriots did. I'm going to line up at an RPO and I'm going to see if uh, they're not going to cover me. I'm going to go run the ball and make them make me fumble, right? That's what I'm going to do. Prove that you can do it two weeks in a row. We have to stop him because at that point, then we're down to Stefan Diggs, who's very, very good, 
but then you have an inaccurate passer that's throwing him the ball. So we can mitigate their wide receivers by getting to uh, getting him to throw the ball. That's the biggest weakness of their quarterback is actually throwing the ball to the wide receiver. Um, if we're going to lose this game, I hope we lose it because Cole Beasley somehow kills us with like underneath coverage or something like that, um, as opposed to Josh Allen running for you know 15 times, 78 yards, and three touchdowns on the ground. I mean, that's what they have to stop. They have to prove that they can stop the mobile quarterback because if they cannot – I'm telling you right now, we got Josh Allen again after this game. We got Cam Newton again. We have Patrick Mahomes. We have Kyler Murray. We have Russell Wilson. We have a lot of these mobile quarterbacks this season. And until we can prove that we can stop them, they're just going to run it down our throats. So we better do it now. We got to put a stamp on this game. We have to say enough is enough. Josh Allen, you're going to have to beat us with your arm, not with your legs. And if we can do that, we have a snowball's chance in hell, a.k.a. Miami, of winning this game. Uh, If not, then we're going to lose and we're going to lose big. And I'm going to go ahead and throw the prediction out there. If we don't do it, and I don't think we will, uh, we're going to lose 28 to 10. Yeah, um, I was I was thinking more like thirty one. Um, so I'm going to go with thirty one fourteen. We have a little bit of better offensive put out, uh, but Buffalo is just going to with Diggs and and Josh Allen's running ability. Until we show otherwise, I don't see us pulling off a victory here. Unless all things, you know, Fitzpatrick all of a sudden turns things on. I mean, you're talking about uh, you know Parker is injured. Even if he's playing, he's not going to be 100 percent healthy. Um, because <laughs> he's soft, S A W F T, and uh, yeah, I just uh, I'm I'm not I'm not feeling good about predict, predicting a win right now after the performance we saw uh, last week uh, with all the running quarterbacks that you listed off in our near future. Man, this could look and be pretty bad uh, for 2020 season. Yeah, I uh, Brian, what's your prediction for this game? Do you got an official prediction, or are you holding back uh, for a later date? Yeah, I got an official prediction. I, I think somehow we're going we're going to win. Uh, if you allow me to share the screen real quick, I'll show you a couple of reasons why I think we might have a chance to do that. See, this is the, the power injury. of the Fanatics Network right here. Brian is sharing the screen. If you're watching this podcast right now, not only are you seeing Chris, not only are you seeing myself, not only are you seeing Brian, but you're also seeing live in-depth coverage of the Miami Dolphins. Right now, what are we looking at here, Brian? So we were looking at the injury report. It's the first one of the week. It's Wednesday, so obviously it's not set in stone. But if you look at who did not practice, John Brown, Mm. second best wide receiver, Tremaine Edmonds, Mm. their true pass rushing linebacker, Matt Milano, a very good run-stopping D. Um, Jake Fromm, obviously, is, you know, Jake Fromm. But uh, on the other side of things, some good good notes is Clay – Kyle Van Noy, Preston Williams, full practice. Devontae Parker, practice. Byron Jones, limited. Xavier Howard, limited. Clayton Fedulum is coming back to – he sat out last week, so, so he's getting in there. Uh, I think that, you know, unlike Cam Newton in a Patriots uniform, we do have tape on Josh Allen in a Buffalo True. uniform. So maybe we have a little bit better idea of how to stop the RPO. Uh, I, we get, you know, and just with that practice of last week, we ha- if we make him sit, if we can contain him, make him sit in the pocket, uh, you know, Jones and uh, Howard could get a few picks and um, we, could, we could pull off a victory. I'm going to go 24-20. But I have to say, if we do lose, I have a silver lining. Starting next week, week three, Fanatics Network is running a survivor pool. So if the Dolphins are dead, join the survivor pool. It's only a $25 entry. 
You only have to pick one game a week. If you win, you get cash. You get a Jason Taylor autograph, and uh, you get to help out the JT Foundation. So it could kind of be a new season for you. All the other reason why we can't get rid of Jason Taylor in the Would You Rather game because we would no longer have the Jason Taylor Foundation to promote for the Survival League here. Uh, one thing I do want to point out is that if we can somehow make Josh Allen go up against our defensive backs, then we're going to be nothing but solid there, Chris. Yeah. Uh, Brian, thank you very much for all your help here with the Fanatics Network. Um, Chris, anything else you'd like to say before we get out of Dodge? Get creative on offense, please. No more vanilla stuff. Use Perry, use Bowden, use Brita, and uh, there's a good chance of this game Sunday. But stop the vanilla stuff. No one likes vanilla ice cream. Nobody likes vanilla ice cream. It's banned in the town of Perfectville. On behalf of Brian Byrne, the creator and founder of the Fanatics Network, on behalf of the two-time, yes, two-time Hall of Famer, Mr. Christopher Cullen, as well as myself, the only thing left to say is goodbye from Perfectville. Later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.